0: On this episode of Thinking Well.
1: The point of discipleship is not follow me. It's let's follow Jesus together. And and this is how I'm following Jesus. And so when I'm discipling another person, I need to make sure that I don't feel like I have to have the answers. I'm gonna tell you what to do. I'm gonna tell you how to think. I'm that's not discipleship. It's how how do I lead you to Jesus? How do I lead you in following Jesus and and walking with Him and and so I think that's another piece is to know if that's do I feel that with that person you know do they lead me towards Jesus um, because we can sometimes actually be looking for someone to just tell us what to do.
2: You're listening to Thinking Well a home for conversations about faith, life, and culture.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Thinking Well. I am Rachel, and I am here with Renee. Hi. Jordan. Hello. And Dan. Hey. Super excited for uh, today's topic, but first... Um, let's kick it off with a favorite moment of the week.
3: I think Dan Dan has a really good one. Do
0: you have, do you have a good one?
3: (laughs) Oh yeah. It was just,
2: just a fun memory. So my kids and I, we do this thing called stay up late night. That's like a thing we do (laughs) once a year and my wife is completely out of it. So this is her opportunity to go to bed early and just, you know, have her time. But I take the kids out to Applebee's and we just get all sugared up on desserts. Oh man. And then, uh, (laughs) We come home and we do like just games and all kinds of fun things. We play Legos, and then the very last thing we do is watch a movie at night. Um, and we started the movie at one thirty. Oh! And I fell asleep oh, wow. right away, but my kids watched the whole thing and Whoa. Oh, they were up goodness. till after three. <sighs> nice. So, yeah, it's a fun memory. And then they slept really good the next day. I want to be
3: your kid. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love stories about your kids. Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) Tell me more, Renee. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Highlights. Uh, We had a weekend away at a cabin. And I would say just that whole time um, with our daughter, just being able to just be with her Mm -hmm. and do whatever it is she wanted to do. And um, we caught fish, and we swam off the boat, and we uh, lingered outside, and uh, so that was probably my favorite weekend of the entire summer. Very nice.
3: That sounds fun, except I once swam in a lake. I just can't do it. <laughs> it's just, there's too many sea creatures. It's too outside. It's too, <laughs> outside. <laughs> it's too <laughs> outside. Oh, that's right. I forgot about you and outdoors. <laughs> and, and are you one of those people type? where,
2: like, the depth of the lake affects you mentally, even even though it's the same, you're floating on the top? Like, yeah. No, I'm not. 100 feet versus 8 feet, like, it just messes with my mind.
3: Yeah, I just, <laughs> I would just hard pass lakes are fine to lakes be on, on top of, not in. <laughs> but <laughs> oceans? Oceans rise and... Never mind. <laughs> I couldn't think of the rest of the words.
2: <laughs>
3: um, what
0: was your favorite moment?
3: Of the oh, man. Just so many. Um, it's been extremely hot, and so I don't love that. This is going to be really sounding like a gripe fest right now. <laughs>
1: but... <laughs> should be able to narrow down your favorite pretty easily then.
3: My favorite has not been the weather then. My favorite has been inside our nice 70-degree house. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's been my favorite thing this week. I'll take that. Okay. What about yours, dear?
0: Uh, We had an ultrasound. Oh, right.
1: Yesterday. How did I forget about that already? Oh, no. Oh, no. He wanted you to be able to share it. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's what I meant. Yeah.
3: Yep yeah well i mean you said we had an ultrasound yesterday you can't leave people on the hook for... and
0: we're taking your guesses <laughs> yeah is it twins triplets or a... No. it's a one it's one baby one boy one one boy
1: Awesome. Yeah, it is oh oh, sure. you're announcing that live on the podcast i guess so <laughs>
0: wow congratulations
1: i couldn't think of any other highlights
0: I mean, <laughs> you heard it here that was first. the
3: highlight for our house this week it, I, it yeah influenced. so the kids
0: went with us because i really wanted them to like experience like what being pro-life is and like seeing like what life looks like inside yes. the womb and everything so it was like I don't know. Twenty minutes long. Yeah, I've never had such a I mean, long ultrasound.
3: They checked out after the first two minutes. Yeah, and they yeah.
0: were just they were kind of so, over it. Yeah, causing like, oh, chaos look. in the tiny room. And then showed yeah showed them when the baby was sucking his thumb and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, Aww. yep, Audrey is relieved to be the princess of the house. So. Oh,
1: so she's happy
0: that it's a well. So I first made she a <laughs> for
3: I've made mistakes.
0: So from the beginning, she wanted a sister. And (laughs) then we went to Walmart, and there's this huge, like...
3: It's four feet tall, probably.
0: Elsa doll. Wow. And Jordan goes, honey, if the baby's a boy, I'll buy you that doll. And Audrey, without hesitation, goes, I I want want a brother. Yeah. So Priorities. Right. That's...
1: And now you're going to have a four-foot Elsa doll. She's her (laughs) father's daughter. And
0: she, she, she literally thought that her... What she wanted was what determined what Uh, the baby was. So yesterday she was like, I'm glad I changed it to a brother's. I
3: don't know. So anyways. She was the one who controlled it all.
0: Yep. Anyways. um, So we are talking about discipleship. Um, And I am super excited for this topic. And so we brought in Renee. Because as the pastor, she disciples every single person in the church. Oh, my goodness. Please <laughs> disciple
3: us single-handedly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Definitely not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're just talking about discipleship in the church. And I'm going to start with the definition. Um, discipleship is the process of training people incrementally in some discipline or way of life. And obviously, we are Christians. And so that means training them in the way of Jesus. The Jedi. Oh, yes. <laughs> same thing, I think. Yeah, so. it's exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've been really, really impacted by discipleship throughout my entire relationship with Christ. Um, so I want to hear from some of you guys, like what has been your... What has been your experience with discipleship in your walk with God? I did not have that
2: question in there.
3: Oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, I can think of it from multiple angles. So I grew up in a Christian home and I was a pastor's kid. Um, So I had, um, obviously in our family, we, we grew up just the things that God would talked about a lot. We did family devotionals, um, I went to a Christian school. It was really important from my parents' side that we were in a Christian school. And, you know, there was biblical teaching that happened, but also Christian schools are not always what they're <laughs> up to be. So. Not um, always as yes. advertised. Yeah. Um, And then also, yeah, just growing up in church and in youth group, there were um, just all these different avenues of people speaking into my life and not always saying the same thing. So that was interesting how you wrestled through that. Um, But, yeah, that's how I would sum it up. Sure.
3: Yeah, I guess on a really broad sense I've had, since I have grown up in the church my whole life, a lot of discipleship. Just with, obviously, my parents, but then youth leaders and whatnot, and not necessarily like, oh, please disciple me. It's just, you know, I think a lot of times, too, it's just being able to follow an example. And obviously, that's really kind of broad, but it's still Mm. it's kind of the easiest way to maybe maybe just do it generally, I guess. So, yeah, all good experiences, though, I would say. I, I don't think I've ever really been like, oh, I need someone to disciple me and, and, you know, just like that. But I don't know, I guess I can't say that I I won't ever.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, all of us probably have that in common proximity to the church growing up. And so probably didn't have to look far for that. And, you know, obviously having a family that was actively following Jesus and discipling us actively in that outside of like what we were experiencing in the church. I think we probably all had, you know, as a family, we prayed as a family, you know, Mm we read scripture, did devotions or, you know, things like that. I would say that greatest impact though, like on my discipleship, like even in my own family with my parents or just with people is more so the experience of watching them, Follow Jesus and like mm-hmm. seeing how that w- walked out in their everyday life. Mm. Um, and so it was people that really took an interest or invited me into some aspect of their life. Like, I feel like I learned as much about following Jesus through like helping my dad on a project or because that's where you really have to decide if you're following Jesus, (laughs) you know, whatever, or, um, you know, or watching him interact with other people or, um, you know, or, you know, youth leaders or other people that were maybe slightly older than me inviting me into something that they were doing. And like, those were the times where I feel like I learned the most about just the habits of following Jesus. It wasn't following that person. It was like, oh, this is how they're following Jesus. And so then I developed some of those same habits because I liked the fruit of those habits.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm. That's really insightful actually. Cause as a parent with like a 12 year old and a seven year old and a almost five year old, I can, I can feel guilty sometimes. Like I'm not Doing enough, like not doing enough devotions, not praying enough with them. I'm right. like, mm-hmm. I, I am doing those things, but it's like, is it enough? But um, I think what God has been showing me is that what I model just in my own life and with my wife is, is going to be caught more than taught.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I know that the concept of discipleship is definitely – about instruction, Mm -hmm. but I think also, like, if we were to look beyond the definition and at the actual practice of discipleship from a biblical view, it was less about information and more Mm -hmm. about inspiration, and and that the transformation came through that, of being inspired by the way another person was walking. Like, I even Mm -hmm. consider how the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray, not because they wanted the information but because they witnessed his prayer life mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. they went oh we want that same connection that you have to the father teach us how to do what you know what you're doing and i think that's you know the most impacting part of discipleship is the walking it out and you know i'm so grateful like you said for our kids that it's It's more about that. I think I'm grateful because actually I'm a really good talker. And so it'd be great if it was all about just what I'm telling them. Yeah. Um, But it's not all about what I'm telling them. It's about how I walk out, you Mm -hmm. know, those things. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Because it was more like, oh, I don't have a three-year course for you guys, but it was just Jesus just saying, come and follow me. Right. And so it's like, just on that alone, it's like, okay, I just have to live my life. And, you know, my kids will notice and and hopefully they'll notice the good yeah well yeah. and not
2: just notice but maybe that's the platform right
3: for instruction
2: like they they see yeah. you doing yeah. these things and then that's that's where they're like i want to oh, do that yep um yeah because it, it could be really easy to have a lot of knowledge and in instruction but never live it out yourself yeah and i think i think we know we could probably name people that have lived in families like that and then they just they don't have a foundation and so right when yeah you go off to college sure. it's it's just not real to them right
1: yep i think likewise the invitation into it is really important because i know there's some things where my dad was maybe walking some things out or my mom was walking some things out but i did mm-hmm. need the invitation into understanding why or how how they're walking it out in that way from time to time mm-hmm. and you know so I think it's it is like you said Jordan like we we just have to walk out our life but it there's also an aspect of inviting others into what that looks like right. and and inviting them to do it with us or you know um, yeah. I think that's an important part of discipleship
0: yeah I think a lot of discipleship that happens is unintentional and that can be good but that can also be bad for sure (laughs) because you're discipling them in ways that aren't of christ and i yeah i just think every aspect of discipleship does need to be intentional whether you're just living your life you know in the way of christ or you are teaching specific instruction like it just um and like the caught rather than taught, like I get that, but also like it's really important because as kids, we can take in stuff and our perspective can be totally off. Mm. And so when you don't like talk about it at all, right, it can cause a lot of confusion, right? So yeah. definitely needs to be intentional for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, with Jesus, it was really both. Yeah, yeah. It it was life on life and then now let's talk right you and know purpose for everything and and ha- and have instruction around, you know, some of these things. And so I think it's really looking at are we doing both of those? Yeah, absolutely. So
0: we've kind of gone over this, but specifically in the church Why is discipleship important? I'm going to go to you first because
1: you're the pastor. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's hugely important. I think the biggest example of why it's important is the fact that the church still exists in the way that it exists now more than 2,000 years later, Mm -hmm. that the teachings of Jesus still have the impact that they have, that, um, I mean, if you we can look at like, oh, the church has changed and it's... But the reality is there is no other way of living or religion that has stayed as true to the core doctrine as Christianity. And so I feel like that is the biggest example of why discipleship is important. And also, I mean, we're can we going to talk probably some about how maybe the church isn't doing a great job of discipleship, but we need to like stop and recognize the church is... Has the church has endured, and yeah. the teachings of Jesus have endured because discipleship has been happening. Yep, mm-hmm. And so we can't say it's not happening. We can say we want to continue to do it better. We want to do it well. We want to be intentional about it. But I think that's like, that's, that's an example of how important it is because it allows that truth to endure and to to be um, reproduced and lived out. I think the other aspect of it, it's like the primary commission that Jesus gave us. Yeah. Like it's the yeah. primary. Yep, exactly. Like I'm gonna go, here's like, you know, if we were to say you had one job, like yeah. <laughs> that's the job, yeah. you know? Yep. And so mm. I think it's important that we recognize that cause it's really easy for us to get sidetracked into a lot of other Christian activity. Mm-hmm. And we need to really, you know, as a pastor, I'm always looking at, does this directly relate to the one job that Jesus gave the church? Right. And there's lots of methods to that mission, but we just need to keep that as the main mission. What are some other thoughts? Why do you think it's important to the church?
2: Well, I was going to go with, because <laughs> like that was the command. Yeah. Um, I I think I'd just add a lot or all of the New Testament doesn't really make sense without living in community that does discipleship. Like yeah. all all the commands and all of what it means to be a, a community just doesn't make sense. We, we would just be a, a club.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm always impacted by this might be going on a little bit of a bunny trail but how much the church is for like according to scripture and and how paul is instructing the churches and everything how much it's for believers like it's specifically for believers and building up believers and discipling believers right and then they're supposed to go out Mm -hmm. instead of us gathering people in the church right and preaching a message that
3: Feels, feels good, right, you know, right, right, for believers and non-believers, or right, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yep. And I think that sometimes we've been like the church as a whole has been so focused on getting converts yeah. rather than making disciples. Yeah, and um, and then we don't focus on making disciples, and then they go to college, <laughs> and. college and and discipleship doesn't only happen in the church like it's parents have a huge part to play and we'll have like a part two on that um but but kids sometimes are going to listen to their youth pastor more than their parents so um it's it's a big part of it
1: i think the other aspect like again in our culture i think we don't recognize how important because culture has supported some of the moral standards of biblical living, you know, yeah. a, for for a length of time. And as we're starting to depart from that, um, we recognize, oh, have we actually, has culture been discipling people or has the church actually been discipling people? Right. Yeah. Mm. because Because you see people falling away from that kind of standard of living, what we might call like the teachings of Jesus or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, and so I think it's important to the church, not just the instructions and these are nice things, and but even like Jesus was really clear on like discipleship is the laying down of your life. yeah. And we just have never been challenged yeah. to that degree, most of us in, in this culture. And so, I mean, I think about, again, Christianity endures because of true discipleship in nations where following Jesus means death. Like, we don't always think about that, that Mm. that's a reality for a larger part of the population than we are. And really count the cost. Right, exactly. And Jesus talked about that, that if you're going to be my disciple, you have to give up your life. And, And so part of it, I think, you know, it's not just important that discipleship may be happening in the church, but like true discipleship that says following Jesus means giving up everything else. And and for us that we haven't had to pay that high of a price. Mm. But will we pay that price? You know, and are we are we truly discipling people in that or have we discipled people in a lifestyle that's like, this is for your benefit. This is for you to have yeah. great things and nice feelings and you know yep. um and so I think it's important that we really think about that. Are we truly making disciples um, who are willing to lay down everything else for the sake? Or are we just kind of adding kind of who somebody mentioned like it just becomes another club? Mm-hmm. Are we just adding this is my social connection, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. It's yeah. a it's yeah, we need to be challenged yep. by that.
0: Yep, for sure. I also think like discipleship in and we're i guess we're gonna be speaking like specifically in the western world because that's where we are and that's where we see it yeah um but i feel like the western church doesn't really like understand like intimacy within the fellowship of a church so like how we're supposed to be holding each other accountable Mm. and yet people like have all of these secret things that they're struggling with, Mm -hmm. and then they won't get discipleship because they're not telling anybody because it's just such a Western thing to just keep it locked away and everything. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to make disciples when we're not, you know, being honest with each other and we're not, you know, creating that, like, like Paul was calling out some pretty crazy stuff Mm -hmm. in his letters and it was up to the church members to hold those people accountable
1: that he was calling out. Right. And so, yeah. And really like holding them accountable is inviting them back into following Jesus, you know, like, like, um, in Hebrews where it talks about exhort one another while it's still today, lest you fall into the deceitfulness of sin or the hardness of heart Mm -hmm. that comes from sin or whatever. And I feel like that that's really, you know, sometimes we can look at accountability differently, but it's basically calling people back into the discipleship of Jesus, like follow his way. You know, it, he says, if you want to be my disciple, you abide in my word. You, mm-hmm. you know, you follow my commands. And I would agree that sometimes, or we know those things, but we don't know how to call people into that. You right. know, and yeah. e- encourage one another into that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh.
2: I think another big aspect of discipleship is the story we pass down to people or share in our community and by that I mean um a lot of times we can oversimplify it to a story about um I was a sinner, Jesus came and he saved me. I was going to hell, now I'm going to heaven, that's it. And it mm-hmm. that all of that can be true, but it can miss the part of the good news of the kingdom and in, in Jesus being king. And I think, Renee, you mentioned about laying down your life, and now I'm not the boss of my own life. Um, mm-hmm. all, all decisions about my life are actually submitted to an actual person. Yeah. And um, I think in this Western context that we're talking about, that can get lost a bit. It's easy to have Jesus as the Savior who's going to get me into heaven, yeah. but I can still basically live life how i want and as long as i'm a good moral person
1: right yeah yep right and have the things i want and you know. yeah yeah yep. and the goal isn't heaven
0: i mean not really right it's relationship with christ right so when when did we make that the focus in evan- evangelism did it just sound good or what?
2: It it works as a as a motivation, I think. Yeah. Like as right. a sales tactic. Like I don't know if I want to get on this Do this it. rabbit trail. Well, the <laughs> whole like you wanna hear the good news, you're gonna to have to hear the the bad news first. Oh, bad sure. news, you're a sinner. And and I'm not like denying the truth of that, like that we have a sinful nature, but like if the whole basis of the good news of Jesus is based on some bad news on my part first who who is that who does that make God out in in light of eternity like God's story is bigger than just whether I'm going to heaven or hell like God has a good story for all of creation and it's bigger than just my eternity it's like okay once I'm saved what am I doing how am I serving in God's kingdom how do, how do i relate to god and i think i think maybe we've just missed that or not not missed it but we've narrowed in on the on the salvation aspect which is good and important and i'm super grateful for that but there's a larger story of the good news of his kingdom and jesus is king and what does that mean for the whole world when people accept his rule and reign
0: right yeah and i think that like short little like Shtick basically mm-hmm. comes from like us trying to make converts instead of disciples. Whereas like if we were in relationship with these people who are outside the church, if we were inviting them over for dinner or, you know, just building a relationship with them, we wouldn't have to like sell them anything. They would see the evidence in our own lives and they would want what we have. Right. You know, um, cause discipleship, a friend and I were just talking about this. Like, you are discipling people too, like who aren't Christians yet, right? With your relationship with them, and they see how mm-hmm. how Christ is. They
1: see Jesus, you know, right? And how you present Him, right? That that the process of discipleship starts really before somebody even says yes to to Jesus, right? You yeah. know, they begin to pursue or follow. Um, until they make a decision. And I, yeah, I think, I think too, like people can um, become aware of the kingdom and even kind of fall in love with the kingdom and the way of the kingdom before they say yes to the king. And, and so I think that's one way that we disciple people with our lives is, you know, walking yeah. that out. Um, yeah, and I'm not sure. You know, I, I believe that one of, one of the ways that sometimes we get hung up on a particular messaging is, you know, there may have been a place where the Holy Spirit was moving with that conviction. And then we just like camp on it. Yeah. And we just go, okay, this is the new way that we're going to, um, present, you know, to everyone. Cause it seems to work really well or, sure. you know, and so yeah. I sometimes wonder if that's where, um, you know, because they're definitely, Jesus did bring a call to repentance. Um, and he did talk about heaven and hell, mm-hmm. but
0: yeah.
1: it just wasn't like the main <laughs> invitation or the, you know, and right. so, um, yeah. you know, I, I think, yeah i i I have appreciated kind of a different nuance of that invitation. You know, mm-hmm. I think we're coming into a bit of reformation around that as the larger body of Christ, yeah, in how we present the good news.
0: Hmm. So in
1: that context, like <laughs>
0: I might be causing a little bit of controversy, but do you guys think then that it works? to go out on the street, pound the streets for converts, like we've been doing. Like does that work if we're looking at like historic Christianity? Does that work to to fulfill the call to make disciples?
3: Are you discipling them after?
0: Well, that, that's my question. I because I know like when I went out on treasure hunts or whatever like we just went and saw who god wanted to heal and that can be a seed for sure but we weren't following up with them we weren't getting their numbers and saying hey like do you want to come to this dinner at church or do you want to you know come to dinner at my house or you know we weren't doing any of that and if they got healed we went away with a good story to tell at church the next week you know Mm -hmm. and so I personally don't think it's effective even though God can use anything. Like for sure, he can plant the seed and then somebody else can come along and um invite them to something or I I don't know. Mm. But in my mind it's not effective.
2: I don't have an answer for this, but I wonder like what is what is the role of an evangelist? Like right. are there are there certain people that are gifted for that role? And uh, I don't know what happens after that point because I agree they need to somehow be plugged in. But you know, I think I think it was Alan Ross. He was telling us a story about how he had the seed planted in him, but he just kind of wandered around for years. But God did this deep mm. discipleship work in his own life. And I can't I don't have theology for that because my mind would say no. You need to be plugged into a church and have <laughs> spiritual mothers and fathers, but
3: I don't know. Yeah. I think too it's oversimplifying it by saying, well, it can't work because it can obviously. Mm-hmm. But I I there needs to be some sort of discipleship obviously that's why we're talking about this on the podcast, but mm-hmm. it's it, it is about planting a seed though too, I think. It's not just like, oh, that's that was nothing, you know. It it, it can be an experience I think that can can yeah. point them in the right direction.
1: Sure.
0: We just need to do it by the Holy Spirit's leading rather than like the formula that we've come up with maybe.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think again, I I think you're right Dan in the sense that sometimes our feeling of like, well, that's not effective has to do with like the gifting that we walk in most, and there are people that walk in a gifting to be able to cold call and bring a salvation message, right. you know, yeah. and yeah. and I always like that is not my gifting, really. I mean, mm. maybe it can become my gifting. I don't know. Not mine. And and so I think I think there is an aspect of recognizing, like, yeah, there is a gift of an evangelist or evangelism, um, but it's why it's so important that all the gifts are operating together. Yeah. So that evangelists are connected to pastors and teachers and apostles and prophets and that all of them are founded on the foundation of apostles and prophets. And, you know, and so I, to me, it's more about is, is it more a failing of not having the body really be, there's like a disjoint Mm. in those giftings rather than them really honoring and, and working with one another. Um, because I think, I think that could be very effective, you know, um, a spirit led, team that is also connected to those that would do you know connect and be available for that follow-up and yeah um you know i think there's probably places that do that well yeah i'm sure somebody's written a book about it i was just
0: listening to a podcast where this guy worked at a large church and hundreds of people were getting saved each week but they were kind of like falling out the back door Mm -hmm. and so they created a class that they could go to where it just it was theology basics basically and they could learn more about their faith right after they um were saved and everything and they invited them back and here's a class that you can learn more and everything so to me that's an example of what you're talking about you know the
1: yeah and i think it's important to note (laughs) that there were people that followed jesus but only so far yeah. Yes. And that that sure. that is also a reality in our day that yes, we need to offer them the next steps. We need to offer them here's here's another way to follow Jesus also recognizing that the Holy Spirit has his own plan for how that, you know, what he's going to put in front of them. But we uh, we need to know people still get to you know, there's a lot of people that followed him to a point until he made this request or this demand or acted in this way. And they went, oh, yeah, I'm not down with that. And they no longer followed him. And so that, you know, that isn't on the church necessarily. Right. Yeah. Yep. Interesting.
2: Yeah. I also think, too, maybe there's a difference between people that just go out and preach a salvation message to get I don't know, for lack of a better term, like a body count up for how right. many salvations right. they're getting. And then maybe someone who is like empowered by the Holy Spirit. Even um, just thinking back to what happened in the book of Acts, especially in Acts two, where people heard the good news in their own native language and it was it was powerful. Yeah. So
1: they were cut to the heart. Yeah. And, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what do you guys, I mean, we've been talking about it a little bit, but are there some obstacles that you can think of that prevent or hinder discipleship in the church? Well, first of all, who should be doing this the discipleship?
1: In the pastor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks, guys. The elders.
3: <laughs> Thanks so much. Uh,
1: um, every disciple should be a discipler. Ooh. And so we all should be discipling. And, um, be, and I think it's important to recognize that if I'm a day old in Jesus, there is somebody that mm. is, you know, less, less mature than me in the Lord. Yeah. And so I think all of us, part of discipleship should be letting people know you are a discipler. And then that's part of following Jesus, you know, yeah, um, so um was that the question who, who should who should do the discipleship? yeah, yeah, um, and then the second part of that question
0: what are like what are some obstacles to discipleship in the church, even though we've been talking about some of them, but I'm curious to know if you guys have any specifically that you can think of that, yeah are, like, preventing, like, the biblical way of discipleship?
3: I think for me, I I would just, at this point in my life, feel unqualified almost, even though that's not the case. But it's just, I would think, I would look at my life and be like, ah, uh, I need to do this differently or better or whatever. Mm. But I think it's, that's, that's the case with anybody, you know, which yeah. obviously we're not perfect, but... I think there's a lot of people who feel like they need to have everything together maybe hmm. in order to like disciple somebody else which I don't think is the case. It's just uh, maybe a mindset that we just need to be like, well you you have it together in a lot of a lot of areas. It's like, you know, we're not we're not looking for perfect people obviously and um, so I think that's that's one thing I can think of right away and just why I feel like it's like, oh, I don't mm. know if I want to do that.
0: <laughs> but you're also a perfectionist, so
3: Well, yeah, but I mean it's I know I'm not gonna have the perfect life, but <laughs> right. you know that's you have some the truth perfect wife, but not the perfect. Oh yeah. yeah, what did I say?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. As far as what can hinder discipleship, I feel like in this day and age it's almost a question of um like people's capacity to to accept discipleship from someone else cuz mm-hmm. we have all this different information and streams of of things discipling us even if they're not actual people it could just be whatever you're watching on TV podcasts mm-hmm. social media and so you get to this point where you just don't have the capacity to be disciples, discipled in a in a biblical way um so I feel like I just even personally struggle with that cuz I get to the point where it's like I don't I don't have the time or energy to the de- to be mentored or discipled by by someone else. Mm-hmm. yeah. Too much
3: work, mm-hmm. too much effort. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I think there's a lot competing just time. Yeah. yeah. Like there's a lot competing both for time and then mental like capacity kind yeah. of like you said and and um, I don't get it from the standpoint that every task we do has been made incrementally easier
2: yeah. right
3: oh,
1: laundry yeah. dishes <laughs> yep. driving I mean like right. every single thing we have to do has been made incrementally easier and we are probably more overwhelmed yeah. than any other yeah. generation and I don't understand it. And so I think I think there is that aspect of it. Of just part of it is we don't want to, you know, pay the price for mm. right. living as disciples or being a discipler because we have you know twenty five other things that we are following, and and you know even just recreational things and. Um, you know, the way we do our jobs differently, just lot, lots of aspects that just does not leave space for the kind of life-on-life requirement of discipleship.
2: Mm. Mm. And as someone mentioned earlier, just this Western context of individualism. And so that whole aspect of, well, I'll let you in this much, but... I'm going to build up walls here and here and mm-hmm. yeah. and leave things off women. And I recognize, like, our whole lives shouldn't be open to everyone. Right. But yeah. it's pretty easy to come up with excuses mm-hmm. and reasons why I'm going to remain really private. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, no, because I think, too, to... to to be discipled and to be a discipler, there's definitely vulnerability that needs to take place and trust with another human being, too. Right. So maybe that's something where it's like, I don't know if I can trust, I any well trust with anybody <laughs> else yeah. you know, with this I part don't trust of my nobody. life. Nobody. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. right. Um, so that's just kind of going off of that. There's, yeah, being vulnerable and being accountable, too, to just be able to say, hey, this hasn't been my week or whatever, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: I think from like a larger church-wide perspective, or you know, um, one of the obstacles to the simplicity of discipleship and a focus on true discipleship has been kind of this need or desire to do what's trendy right. and to mm-hmm. to talk about what everybody else is talking about in the world, or to you know, and so even as the church, we maybe haven't um really pursued that the simplicity of discipleship and even the messaging of following Jesus in, you know, you know, kind of being devoted to the apostles' doctrine and, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of aspect mm-hmm. because we have tried to um really compete with messaging going on in the world. And so I think that's another thing just as pastors and as leaders that we're just trying to be really aware of is, you know, coming back to the original discussion of, okay, what is the one thing that, you know, where yeah. our role is meant to, you know, to be doing is to disciple and make disciples, And, you know, mm-hmm. um, so I think sometimes we're always looking for the new, different, trendy and not even necessarily always worldly. We're looking for like the new shiny Christian object or the new shiny Christian spiritual experience or, and so I think that can compete with just discipleship in, in the word and in the the teachings of Jesus and um, having to have the new thing to say. Um, Absolutely.
0: Like I, I remember in Bible college, like it was always a focus on like a new revelation
1: mm-hmm.
0: and not even of who God is, but a new revelation of what he meant in this, you know, passage or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it it was like, it was almost like another drug, like always looking for the next high. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's a very real thing in in the Christian culture in America is is we're always, yeah, we're always looking for the next high mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. And discipleship isn't that. It's, like, the long haul. Like, within the church, like, I think some obstacles, like you said, like, some people just don't want to go deeper. Um, How, like, so, obviously this is up to Holy Spirit, like, but as a pastor, do you see people who, like, need to be discipled, and they've been in the church for a long time, but they're kind of, like, refusing any like relationship with people or they I have a whole other question about membership and how well, that is covered. oh yeah <laughs> okay okay let's go there okay <laughs> the covering of a membership and like some people are like totally against membership in churches but like I've seen some points where it's like there's like not a covering of And I think there is a spiritual covering for a pastor to give people. And I think like in our church, membership kind of covers that. Like it gives you like an in into their life and like a right to speak into their life. Mm -hmm. And so if they're not like a member, do you feel like you have that same authority or not? That was a wide... Open yeah. question. That's okay. <laughs>
1: Let's see if we can wade through it. Um, no, I would yes. No I, yes. No, no yes. yes. <laughs> okay, Claire? Claire's mine. No. Um, I would say we let people know that membership is an outward sign of an inner relational connection. Not interrelational, mm. but an inner relational connection that says, yes, I am giving you as leadership um, an invitation to speak into my life. And I'm giving you body, you -hmm. know, entire body, an invitation to speak into my life. And I'm wanting to also come and enter and give to you. And so like... I guess if you're asking, do you need to be a member to be discipled? I would say no. Right. Do you need to be willing to submit to one another in love? Yes. Yeah. And so if if the reason you're not becoming a member is because there's an inner place in you that is really not willing to submit to one another, because it's not even just about submitting to the leadership Mm -hmm. or coming in, in a covering of leadership and giving them a voice into your life. Membership is really about the body. And it's saying, this is the group of people that I've chosen as my one and for this season. And, and all of them to different degrees. That doesn't mean like the person three seats over is going to have the same voice as the person five rows behind you or, right. you know, whatever. But, that's to me. That's what membership is. It's saying I am choosing. This is this is my one another's that I'm choosing to say, I'm going to give and I'm going to receive here. And so, you know, I do think it's an important aspect, but it's all based on relationship. Yeah. There are people that become members that do not, yeah, yeah, receive any input or you know. And so, membership is not like the magic key, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever, but. But it's about it's a hopefully when somebody becomes a member, and this is our viewpoint. I don't believe that this is a larger doctrine for the whole church, right. you know, like yeah. the the worldwide global church. Hmm. But our viewpoint is that when somebody's becoming a member, it's it's just an outward statement of something that's already happened internally. Yeah. They've already come into a place where they they are willing. They've both witnessed vulnerability and humility and connection, and they're willing to also respond in the same way. And, you know, I think it helps towards discipleship. Sure. You know, yeah. we all know people that don't give and receive in that kind of input. And our growth is limited when we don't do that whether you're a member or not a member Mm -hmm. it's more about that submit to one another Mm. in love yeah Mm -hmm. good answer did that answer it yeah what other questions do you have dan
0: no
2: (laughs) no, not really a question i guess i just have a story that would kind of go along with that so maybe like 10 years ago um 10 7 i don't don't remember exactly how long but um Pastor David approached me and said, Hey Dan, you've been here for like five years now. Have you considered becoming a member? You you're serving and you're doing stuff? And I was like, Yeah. But do I have to? I mean like I'm <laughs> I'm invested. I'm here. Like we meet all the time and you Like talk. doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm all I'm not opposed to it, but like, is this like a biblical command that I have to do? And so we had this dialogue and um, eventually I just came around to, like, well, this is important for this family. And so, like, just mm. in submission, in showing that, yes, I am, I am in, like, that's what I um, went ahead and we did that as a family. But I guess, I guess when I hear you talking, Renee, you're you're kind of saying the same thing. It's not like this doctrine thing of a hoop you have to jump through before you can graduate to the next level of Christianity. Of of being a Christian. Because, like you said, you you could be a member and totally be closed off to receiving Mm -hmm. input. Right. Um, And so I guess the younger version of me in my 20s or whatever is like, yeah, but do we have to? Is it in the Bible? (laughs) (laughs) That's just the wrong way to think about it. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I think, too, it's important to note. like, I am discipling people that don't even go to this this church, church. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so it also isn't a limited thing from the standpoint of, you know, we, we don't even presume that a member is saying, this is the only place I'm getting spiritual input or that I'm growing, you know, spiritually. We do kind of consider, well, this is probably the primary place. And so we know that you're looking to this body as a primary place of care encouragement discipleship you know instruction whatever um if you become a member here Mm -hmm. but we also know you're you like you're probably part of a lot of other groups and other people might be speaking into your life and you know um so i think that's an important piece too that we recognize we're going to all disciple people that aren't necessarily in this church body yeah Yep.
2: yeah and maybe in this day and age, where people can kind of float around a little bit, membership is more meaningful in the way that we practice it because it's actually saying, like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm here." Yeah. Right. Commitment. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Speaking of other people speaking into lives, um, how? Well, I we've talked about this before about like online discipleship a little bit. And how much like is that
1: a thing? Well, is it? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, let's talk about that. Well,
0: first of all, yeah, it's a thing. You can be discipled online. It's just what are you being discipled by,
1: <laughs> and is it biblical?
0: <laughs> you know. But um, like how how deeply do you think people are influenced by like online preachers versus their own like community? Mm. Because like I can I can get like a lot of great teachings. And like I said, we've talked about this before on another podcast, but you know, can get a lot of great teachings and be discipled by that. And then come here and Renee says something I disagree with. And I'm like, okay, no, like I'm not going to be discipled by her, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm wondering how much that impacts like disci- like actual discipleship, like one-on-one discipleship.
2: I I wonder if we could, like, differentiate between teaching because I have gained a lot and benefited a lot from teachers that know a lot about a certain topic mm-hmm. or are skilled in Hebrew or the Greek or whatever. And I've, I feel like that hasn't taken away from anything here. Sure. What I am cautious of, and I see this a lot, is this... Um, like online pastoral presence. So people giving their takes and opinions on very specific problems in people's lives and speaking of things when really that should be happening in a relationship in community. So So they do like question
0: boxes on Instagram and the people are like, what should I do about mine and my husband's marriage and just give a little context. Maybe maybe it's
2: not even that explicit. Like it. (laughs) People don't it's realize they're being posted yeah, in, yeah. Mm-hmm. in a certain way of like how to think about things. Right. So that's just my take. I don't know, Renee, you're a teacher. Do you listen to other teachers? I do. I listen to lots of other teachers.
1: Um, yeah, I I think there's like I I agree in kind of differentiating yeah like teaching from discipleship. I mean, I even think about in the early church, Paul sent different people into these different churches or these different areas. Like, I'm sending so-and-so to you. I'm sending so-and-so to you to influence them with the teaching that they brought. And yet they were in a more day-to-day relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. discipleship relationship with people that were more local. Um, So I feel like it's that, only on steroids. I think... Also, we need to differentiate between influence and discipleship. So, if the question is, you know, are people influenced and discipled by online teachers? Influenced, yes. Discipled, I don't know. Like, it, it kind of depends. Like, if, if our definition of discipleship is uh, incrementally training someone incrementally in some discipline or way of life, yeah, online teachers and online presence mm-hmm. can have, you know, some input into that. But, you know, then there's also this aspect where, like Jesus said, you know, um, love one another and that that's the way people will know that you're mm-hmm. my disciples. Mm-hmm. And so like to walk as disciples together, mm. I like if we're differentiating like a teaching from like a social media presence where there's interaction and commenting back and forth mm-hmm. one thing that really bothers me is when someone like that'll be like i love you guys so much i just love them and i go <laughs> bs you don't even know, you don't even yeah. know them you know are not in their
0: life you hey, don't know them. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah
1: exactly <laughs> and so i think there's a little bit of this like false yeah. sense Ooh. of connection yeah. and false sense of like relationship you know, they, yeah. they, that we're somehow connected. And, and I know like for me, you know, with discipleship, a lot of that is like, I, I see the fruit of somebody's life. And if I like that fruit that I want to walk with them or walk like them, mm-hmm. well, how do we ever really know if our relationship is primarily online with a person? Yeah. You know, what the fruit of their life is Mm -hmm. because it can be whatever they want it to look like, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I think there's an aspect of that where we just need to be careful. To me, it's like percentage based, like Mm. there's a lot of people that have completely abandoned in-person discipleship and input and will actually poison every in-person relationship with what they're Mm -hmm. learning seeking, yeah. involved in online yeah. with somebody they've never really met in person who doesn't even know who they are. Right. And is not going to be at their bedside if they're sick, is not going to be the one praying for them or, you know. And so I think we need to be careful kind of the percentage of input or influence we're giving to people that we can't really be in relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I don't want to write the whole thing off because I think sometimes we can be really quick to be like, well, the early church didn't have fill in the blank. And, you know, the early church didn't have a lot of things, you know, like Mm -hmm. plumbing and (laughs) music like we have, or, you know, whatever. And so I just think it's important that we recognize as long as that method doesn't compromise the real mission of discipleship. That's fine. But where we begin to see it compromising that, that mission of true discipleship, one thing... I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot. Nope, one thing that's dangerous... You can edit this and have other people interact with my discussion. <laughs> one thing that's dangerous is the fact that with online teaching and discipleship, we, it's like totally consumer-driven yeah mm, I can yeah. go, yeah I feel like a teaching on this, yeah, and that's all I want to hear about is this, and i I think there's a more organic way of growth and discipleship that happens when you come into church and the pastor's talking about something you don't really care about right. that week. But is it the word of God? Yeah. And is it, you know, or the team the worship team does music that's not your super favorite songs. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you didn't put them on your playlist. And, you know, but is it truth and is it good for corporate worship together? And yeah. And so I think one of the dangers of online discipleship is we get to pick and choose right. what what gets challenged and what doesn't get challenged. And we get to pick and choose like the the whole scripture about um, you know, speaking to their itching ears or, yeah. you know, I yeah. really want to talk about this and I want to hear about this. And so that's all I ever have to hear about. Right. It's yep. not, it's not a good you way just of get growth. one side of the gospel. Yeah. not The whole. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Oh. I was going to say, so one aspect of discipleship <laughs> is that you actually have to know who you're discipling. Right. Just that should be like part of the description. <laughs> it's very
1: relational.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep, so really, I don't think true discipleship can happen online because they have no idea who you are, the person
3: speaking. Right. We're looking at you, Joel Osteen. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, you're not. If if we're talking about (laughs) social media, yes.
2: So the one caveat I can think of is I heard a story about the church in Iran, and they're kind of persecuted and um, have to be very careful about how they – Interact with each other and I know pastas get together and have Zoom calls just encouraging mm. each other. So right. that's one example of how that's true. Technology yeah. has like brought these people together. Um I'm sure they'd all love to be in the same room. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think again, we need to be careful. God is amazing mm. at using all the things like he's amazing at getting, getting, you know, growth or, you know, using those things for growth. I think it's more looking at our own motives and our own, you know, um, and even the fruit of it, I guess, is anything changing about my life after I've scrolled through 500 Christian memes. Or... Why do you keep looking at me? <laughs> You're the one who sent me a meme last time. I did, I did, I did. <laughs> oh, I don't even send all the memes I want to because I don't want people to know that I'm actually on that much. But um, but yeah, and and then, you know, the, I think the reality that there are some aspects of, you know, um, people are hearing a message they wouldn't necessarily otherwise hear. And so that that is a benefit to some degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's things, you know, that that we are able to put out there that somebody who wasn't in the room is able to hear, um, and then the hope would be that that would cause them to want to connect in, in real life, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So for people who are, like, searching for a place to be discipled um how how can they find out ways to be discipled like how
2: christianmingle.com <laughs> yeah, exactly. there you go.
0: <laughs> is there like a friend version <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. oh my gosh there's got, it's version. gotta be out there yeah, yeah. i am sure somebody's working right. on that right now like for sure we'll
1: find a, a discipler for you
2: right.
0: oh my goodness just put in your profile and yeah.
2: I'm sorry. Say that again. Yeah. I...
0: So how can how can other Christians, like, search out, seek out discipleship? Because you you do have to be careful. Like, even in in-person stuff, you do need to be careful about who you're discipling or are being discipled by, even if you're in the same church as them. And so what are, like, some—what questions? How How should we— Go to church. Interrogate.
3: Be in in community. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the start.
0: I think the best way.
3: And the end?
0: (laughs) (laughs) To be in community is to serve. Ooh. I've said that before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Privately, probably, to Jordan. But, like, I I really do think that's the best way to, like, find community. Like, and just naturally, like, find people who you want to learn more about Christ with, you know, is to serve which isn't a fun word for
3: the American church. It's almost like a four letter word sometimes. (laughs) Which one, Jordan? Serve, but it's not. It was a joke.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, definitely, you know, finding people like in community, like you said, in more settings like serving is a great place to really see what people are made of. And, yeah. you know, because you might, you have to work through different the things. And, and the worst. Exactly. <laughs> and so that's good. How do they deal with, you know, working, interacting, interacting with other people. But, you know, looking at someone's life that you esteem, that you, like you see good fruit in. And as Jordan mentioned, that doesn't mean like it's perfect. You know, like there's mm-hmm. people that I really love the fruit in this area of their life. And maybe not so much in that area, but I love the fruit in this area. Yeah. And, and you know, um, and go find out about it. You know, um, I have people that just call up and ask questions. Sometimes it's about something they saw online. Like, hey, I saw this teaching and da-da-da-da-da. And what do you think about this? Or yeah. what would, uh, how would you apply this? Or what would be the next step? And And so I think, you know, just even asking questions and um, being curious, you know, with people whose lives you admire, you know, certain aspects of it. I think sometimes we make it like super formal. Yeah. Like you have to like go ask some like, like prometal or, you know, like whatever, be my, yeah. Don't give them ideas. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
3: disciple puzzle.
1: Yes, disciple (laughs) puzzle. and you know so i think i think that's you know just even like you said relationship develops over time and yeah. so I think it's not as easy as like sign up here, and you know we've done we do have we do have a
0: higher call class that you could sign up for. Yes, called Theology Basics. That would be so, an
3: excellent. That would be place. a great
0: place to learn about discipleship. Anyways, this it keep going. Come out
3: in like November then, <laughs> <laughs> September fourteenth. <14th. laughs>
2: yeah. uh, uh, anyways, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. I, no. I was is going to bring up uh, something that Jordan brought up earlier, just the whole issue of trusting someone enough to be open mm. with them. I feel like that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's just me. But some of that is not just trust, but um, figuring out, like, do we speak the same language? Right. Like, if I ask a question of you, am I going to have to translate myself right. to, to, to be able to have this conversation? <laughs> but not not, not yeah. just the age thing, but just, right. like, can I ask something and you're not going to, like, read in that question or like assume something about me like can we just have this natural conversation where i don't have to filter Mm -hmm. and i don't have to try Mm -hmm. and figure out what you meant by that um maybe i'm just weird and like i overthink things but like that's that's something that i think about
0: i do think trust happens like it doesn't have to happen right away it'll happen incrementally
3: right yeah
1: but it does come down to it does it takes time to build the kind of relationship where you know, sometimes we think all of the risk is as the one being discipled, you know, because you feel like, you know, you're the one who's needs to come and kind of be in humility, but I think the best disciplers lead with vulnerability Mm -hmm. and transparency Mm -hmm. and humility. And I would love it if what people loved about my life was all the things I'm really amazing at, (laughs) but it's not what what they love is being able to see how I've walked out hard things or how I've had to work through my own hangups and issues. And, Mm -hmm. and those are their favorite stories. And and that means i have to be willing to be vulnerable as well. Yeah. and so i think it just comes down to it it's relational. it takes time to form relationship. there's mm-hmm. not a formula. discipleship cannot be a program. you know, it's meant to be very relational because god is very relational. and so, you know, i think that's a good aspect. and then another piece would be looking at does that person point me be, because the point of discipleship is not follow me right it's let's follow Jesus together mm-hmm. mm. and and this is how i'm following Jesus and so when i'm discipling another person i need to make sure that i don't feel like i have to have the answers i'm going to tell you what to do i'm going to tell you how to think i'm that's yeah. not discipleship it's how how do I lead you to Jesus? How do I lead you in following Jesus and and walking with him? And and so I think that's another piece is to know if that's, do I feel that with that person? You know, Mm. do they lead me towards Jesus? Um, Because we can sometimes actually be looking for someone to just tell us what to do. Like, Mm, yeah, yeah, just, just tell me what to do, you know, just, and, um, I am so grateful to be around all kinds of leaders who refuse to do that, you know, and Mm -hmm. sometimes I wish they would just tell me what to do, (laughs) but they won't. So, (laughs) so I think it's good, you know, to, do I feel that sense of, um, you know, freedom with that person to really follow jesus together with them Mm
0: -hmm. does it always have to be like a person who's like farther along on the christian journey to be the discipler or can people disciple each other like depending on the season or whatever jordan i was asking you oh (laughs) I
3: i don't know that is a great question Mm. Well I wanna say it's
2: Paul because he wrote most of the New Testament. <laughs> I'm just guessing. <laughs> Doesn't he talk about Pretty good sp- chance. spiritual mothers and fathers and brothers mm. and sisters? And I would feel like maybe there's room for both. Mm. I'm just guessing.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think that's I think that's good. I think like I w- would agree we should have both. Um I do think there's a, how would I say it? Someone who's discipling another person is helping to lead them. And you can't lead somewhere, somewhere. Okay. You can't lead someone somewhere you haven't been or you're not Mm -hmm. going. Yeah. And so at least there's that sense of um, someone that's going to disciple me needs to have, be on their way somewhere that I haven't been yet, or you know, mm-hmm. and I think that so there is an aspect of maturity in that. but I would say like there's people in my life that they carry a maturity in certain areas, sure, and not in other areas, and so we maybe disciple one another in in those different you know things, but I liked Dan's answer that we have <laughs> mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters. Yeah. I think that's good. That's really good.
0: And in case you're making it sound like you just need to be discipled by one person, mm. that's not, <laughs> like, if you're in a church, you're in a community together, a community of faith. And so, um, yeah, you can choose a person who's, like, they're farther along in marriage, and they can disciple you there. And then another person who's farther along in something else, and they can disciple you there or whatever. So, and then you can disciple others. So, mhm. Um, any last thoughts on discipleship? Any last questions?
1: I think I went through all of them.
3: Jordan. Yes, Dan, my son. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh that's that's awkward. I was gonna ask if you want me to disciple.
3: You. <laughs> Do I need it? <laughs>
1: Uh, we actually have an online assessment that determines <laughs> yeah, exactly. which of you should be the discipler <laughs> and which one is the, the stronger. Disciple. Yes, yeah. That's not true. We don't have that. Well, we have that discipleship. Can you create course that, Dan?
0: We haven't really given you any work for a long time. Discipleship so. app. Yeah. <laughs> disciple app. Yes. Oh my god. So I think our point of this episode is discipleship cannot and will not just happen on a Sunday morning. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thinking Well. We hope that this will lead to fruitful conversations in your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with the latest and to join in the conversation surrounding faith and culture, follow us on Instagram at Thinking Well Podcast. Well is a production of Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information about Living Waters, visit livingwatersmn.org.